Family of God Teaching Series is brought to you by Chumdi Ohahuna Ministry International, Komi. These teachings provides every believer with the knowledge of the Kingdom of God. Tells of what is expected of children, belonging to the family of God and helping all become fruitful believers. Now listen to Pastor Funk. We give God praise for another privilege to be a part of this maturity class again. God has been adding on to us, and I believe we have been receiving words that are guiding us aright in our Christian life. Amen. Amen. This series, again, as a reminder, is to help each and every one of us in the family of God know how to what operate, know what to do with our time, and what God expects of us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We touched a little some weeks back. If you remember when we were talking about the aspects of a Christian life, or we call it qualities or something, characteristics, okay, of the Christian life, as they applied by Peter. Amen. We see that in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to verse 8. Amen. He says, And besides giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit will depend on you to teach us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we must understand that the goal of our religion, of our Christian life, is not only to be saved and get to heaven. Amen. Amen. Our goal shouldn't be that we are saved and we are going to make heaven. Amen. Amen. But our goal is to get to heaven well. Remember, it's not just about getting to heaven. When you get to heaven, there will be what? Um, there will be record, record, uh, what do you call it? You know, everybody will be before God. Your works will be judged. Let's, let me use that name. Exactly. Your works will be judged. So you must do something for God. Are we together? Yeah. So you're either doing it for God or you're not doing it for God. Whichever way, what you did and what you did not do will be judged. Yeah. As a believer. Amen. Amen. Crowns will be shared, crowns will be given. Are we together? Yeah. So our our goal should not just be that we are saved and we are going to make it to heaven. Our goal should be how we end up making it to heaven. Sure, sure. Amen. Amen. So when in this teaching we consider the vital aspect of our Christian life, which we've read from Second Peter chapter one. Amen. Amen. But there's a phrase in verse five that I want us to start with, and it says what? Giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. The word, the phrase, giving all diligence, what does it mean? As partakers of the divine nature of God, amen, amen. we were once what? Outside, not in the family of God, but because of what Jesus did, because of the finish work of Christ, we are now brought into what? The family of God. Growth in this family, growth in our Christian life, we must understand, does not just happen. We don't sit down and we begin to grow intrinsically in the family of God. No. It doesn't just happen automatic. It's not automatic in the family of God that when you come, you, you come in, you adopt into the blood of Jesus into the family of God, then you begin to grow and grow and grow. And then the automatic system placed in by God is for us to grow. They will just be growing. God is not solely responsible for our growth. We must understand that again. Don't forget, God is not solely responsible for our growth. We are supposed to give all diligence yeah. to our work with the Lord. We are supposed to give all diligence to ensure we grow in the family of God. Amen. Amen. So the word diligence in the Greek is the word spot, spote or spode. Okay? And by term definition, it means one, eight. So as believers, we are to ask in haste concerning our spiritual goals. Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter is admonishing us. We should ask what in haste. 
So you don't want to miss out for revival. So that is why you're not beginning to do something. No. You always make it a matter of haste all through your Christian life. Are we together? Another word that, that, that defines diligence is what? Endlessness. Endlessness in accomplishing. Christian life. Oh, you have a well-rounded Christian life. 
what it means in scriptures when it is used. Aleke is beyond being a decent person. It's beyond being a moral person. Okay? If we go by Strong's definition, it also shows that what Peter was saying, or what Peter had in mind when he was saying that you have to virtue, faith, is beyond being moral. Okay? It's beyond being good. The sense we get from this world can even be seen in the world itself. Virtue is related to the word virility. Virility. Okay? Which they both have their root word from, from Latin. The word ver, V-I-R, means man. Okay? And vetus in the Latin means manliness. Actually means manliness, courage, and strength. So when a man is said to be virile, we get the idea that he's, he's a man's man. Huh? My people will say, that means it's not just a man. You know, it's a godly man. <laughs> if there's anyone like that. He is courageous in the face of opposition. But more just, more than that, it's, it's more than just being a, a, a manly person, okay? He's courageous in addition to being manly. Alright? So it has a specific context. It refers to moral courage. Not just being moral, but to have courage in being moral. Are we together? Widely translated it as moral excellence. Another, some other versions use manly excellence. Okay? Some others say fortitude. So we get the idea that to be virtuous in the sense that Peter meant it is that a Christian is not only to be looking to be a very moral person. Okay? Don't be looking, let, let your goal not just be to be a very good person. They're going to be good, don't do evil. Okay? You always treat people right. It shouldn't be the goal. It should be more than that. Yeah. You should be more than just known as a holy person. But you should be known as someone who is willing to go all the way to be known as a holy person. You should be, you should be willing to stick your gun out at any time to stand for your quality of virtue. Are we together? You should be someone that is courageous and the pressures to conform to this world. Oh, fortunately, we have a lot of believers that are conformed to the norms of this world, annoying. Because of the virtue, you know, their understanding of virtue, and how it, it plays a vital role in their faith life. You cannot be morally good today and because of wanting or the other, you make compromises tomorrow. That is not the kind of believer Peter is asking us to be. He wants us to keep being a morally good person, a holy person in the face of opposition. In the face of everything that we say, no, it's not possible to be a holy person in this circumstance. Are we together? We see some people, we say, ah, concerning this matter, I will remove my suit, I will drop my Bible, I will remove my time, I will deal with you. When I'm dealing with you, I will put them back on and go and ask God for forgiveness. That is not the kind of believer that Peter is asking us to be. We should be all around it. When it comes to moral character, we should add what courage to our morality. Your holiness, your demonstration of holiness, are we together? And hence, you see, in this world, to diligently add virtue means to courageously resolve to seek to grow more and more to demonstrate holiness. Courageously resolve to grow to look more like Jesus on a daily basis. You, it's not by mouth you look like Jesus. It's not by prayer you look like Jesus. It's not by Jesus, you have to resolve to diligently do what and courageously be like Jesus. Praise the Lord. This is only possible when we hunger and thirst for more of what spiritual growth. 
Remember, don't be content with whatever level of status you have attained in spiritual growth. Go for more. Be hungry for more. And Jesus also advised us in his uh, sermon, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. From verse 6 to 11, I'm going to pick the scriptures. He told his disciples and those who were with him at the, at the, at the sermon on the mount. He says, How blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Because it is they who will be what? Satisfied. Verse 8. How blessed are those who are pure in us? Because it is they who will do what? See God. Verse 10 says, How blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness? Because the kingdom from heaven belongs to them. How blessed are you whenever people insult you, persecute you, and say all sorts of evil things against you? Falsely because of me. Amen. Jesus is admonishing us to do a hunger and test. If you don't hunger and test, you can't have more of him. You can't express more of him. Are we together? So to be virtuous is to be hungry, to be thirsty for purity. Hungry, thirsty for purity. You see some people, when they are thirsty, they don't even wait, take some time to check if it's water or acid. They can drink. Just because of what? Thirst. Your, 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 
decency, you know? Whatsoever it is, you're trying to be to show yourself as being good because you are saved. Courage has to be do to be added to it before you can say you're a person of virtue. That's what I'm saying. Amen. So, um, even as today, as believers in various marketplaces, we have to ask ourselves some questions, you know, and be sincere about them to know if we are virtuous or not. How do we fare in our business ventures? How do we fare in our, in our, you know, when we go out for dinners, when we say we are going out with our colleagues, you know, when we entertain guests, are you still giving them wine, no strong drink because they came and you don't drink it, you know it's against your state or because it's against your moral, you know, standard. But because these friends you're bringing in, their class and whatever, you don't want to lose face before them. You do want to bring drinks that make them happy in an environment you are meant to keep holy. Ask yourself, what is your work ethics? When you are taking exams, do you to stretch your neck? Do you to take an extra thing to help you or depending on the Holy Spirit to teach you in the exam hall? How do you do with reports? Do you change figures to suit you? Do you change figures to suit your company? All those things, ask yourself. Even your patient, what kind of occupation are you doing? Is it one that glorifies God? Is it one that you can, you can actually tell the Lord, thank you for providing me with this kind of occupation? Can you? How are you faring? Another example is the person of Stephen, who was not afraid to be rebuked by the Jews for their own belief. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, you see, he called them what? Thief like and not circumcised in heart and ears. They always do what? Resist the Holy, Holy Spirit. As their fathers did, they were doing. And for that, he was what? Stoned and killed. But even as he died, he remained virtuous, courageous. He stuck to what was right. He told them what was right. He didn't change his ground after seeing stones. He said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry for speaking when I was not supposed to speak. Uh, I was not led by the Holy Spirit. Please forgive me because of the fear of stones. He never did that. Are we together? He continued to stick to what was right and what was good. Even though he had every sober right to be angry with them. Yes, in moral excellence, in manly courage, he did what? He forgave his murderers and asked the Lord not to make a sin at their church. Praise God. There's another story I'm going to be telling us again today. There are two stories that will come down to our left again. We'll give an example of the animal, we'll give an example of people in scriptures, Daniel, Joseph, Stephen. Now we're going to take examples from a group of people, they call them the Tibian Legion. The Bian Legion, okay? In this legion, a, a group of soldiers numbering 6,666 men. It was said that they all happened to be what? Christian. This was the year AD 286. The Roman Emperor, Maximian, sent them to fight in France. About halfway there, they stopped and the Emperor ordered a sacrifice to the gods. In which the whole army was to participate in. He also commanded that they should swear and oath to exterminate all the Christians they meet in France. You carry all those Christian soldiers and you want them to go and kill and exterminate all that Christians in that region. Of course, the Italian region refused to do both. So the Emperor executed in every tenth man to try to get them to change their minds. So he brings out them, change your mind. If they don't change their mind, he kills one. He kept doing that, he kept doing that. He kept doing that, they refused to change their mind. But when this had failed to weaken their resolve again, he executed every tense man. And when this failed again, it weakened their resolve, he commanded that the whole job be executed. So he decided to execute the 6,666. All of them perished. Why? They never budge from their spiritual decision. Mm. This is a definition of what? Moral courage. Mm. 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 Growing up in, in Katna State, Nigeria, I mean, I experienced one, two, of, I, I think three 
religious crisis. And here also people that these guys on the other side come to say, if you if you denounce Jesus now, we will not kill you. If you denounce Jesus now, we will not kill you. And some, foolishly, will say, yes, I don't want Jesus again, but it's still kill them. At the end of the day, they make you deny Jesus and kill you and you miss him. You miss heaven. Those kind of believers had what? No moral courage. These men were willing to give their lives instead of doing what? Sacrificing to another God. Another example is a bishop called uh, Quirinus. He also existed uh, in 1808. He said that he was ordered by the governor of Croatia in 1808 to sacrifice to the pagan deities. He refused and was sent to jail and tortured. The governor could not believe his results, so he sent Quirinus to Hungary and to be tortured under a more ruthless governor. Ridiculed, mocked, and beaten, yet the bishop was still resolved. So the governor decided to execute him by drowning him. There he was in the river Jacobe, trying to stay alone, afloat with a milestone around his neck. Preaching, he was still preaching while you know in the process of drowning. Preaching to the people to live holy life. He finally ended with this prayer before drowning. He says, It is not new thing, all, all powerful Jesus, for thee to stop the cause of rivers, or to cause a man to walk upon the water. As thou be thy servant Peter, the people have already seen the proof of thy power. Grant me now to lay down my life on thy sake. That Quirinus knew that it was, it did not require some great miracle walking on water for people to see Jesus. Mm. Jesus did it for Peter. Yeah. So if it was in his case, if it was needed, then it would be done. It was, it was, there's no special thing to be done. Are we together? He knew that. For it was through Quirinus' virtue and holy living that they saw him. And from this, we know that virtuous living has what? Certain results. Like 1 Peter 2, 11 to 12 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evil doers, they may be your good works, which they shall, you know, behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Virtuous living causes others to respect us and to glorify God. That was what happened in the life of this Bishop Corinthians. Many people who witnessed his drowning respected him and glorified God. Learning to build that show for godly standards will cause others to desire a more godly life. If you are able to stand in courage, the last year pandemic, we heard of people like Bishop, uh, I mean, uh, Pastor Howard Brown in the U.S. when they said close churches. And he even knew the constitution. He said, I won't close, I won't close the church. Mm. I won't close the church. And they came to arrest him. By the time they arrested him, and his lawyers were able to bring down the constitution, they left him. And even the governor of the state came to apologize. And since then till now, he has been opening churches. No one had a coronavirus issue in his church. Yeah, about 200 years. I think 300 days now of daily meetings. They understand. They will be nothing. People like Evangelist Jonathan Shotosmore, he is also an example. Many people stood their ground. The late president of Zimbabwe. You have to have moral courage as a believer. You have to. Don't be afraid for your life. Don't be afraid for your life. That is a simple summary of what means to add virtue to your faith. Don't be afraid for your life. Jesus said, fear those that fear the one that can do it. Destroy both the, the soul and the, and the spirit. Not just the one that can destroy your body and your soul. Huh? Don't be afraid of death. Have courage. Have courage. So this is what happened. Many people want from his godly lifestyle became godly. And this will lead more people to Christ. If you are a person who is easily angered or reacts poorly in times of anger, people cannot see your moral excellence at all. But if you react graciously with much love,
They insult you, like we read in uh, the Beatitudes. They insult you in the name of God. You don't get angry, you don't fight. You know, because they're serving the Lord. People, people, people hold all forms of insults on you. You know, they, they say all kinds of things. Like someone who was insulted as me, one of us, which I'm about to drop him insulted as a bad-headed man or whatever. He didn't say anything about it. Amen. Amen. You don't, you don't, you don't get angry, say everything, talk bad. You know, at all times, you are not showing more courage as a believer. Now, which is better? Which is more Christ-like? When you have been hurt and others have spoken maliciously of you, do you react in anger and stare up the feelings of others against your enemies? Do you that not put to bad beat up the other side of people? Are you the one that surrenders to God and lets it suit your hearts? How you react shows how virtuous you are. Do you handle matters your way? Handle it yourself. Do it your own way. The way it's pushing you, you push it. The way it's pressing you, you press it. The way it's moving you, you move it. Is that what you do? No. That means you are still being fleshly controlled. May that not be approached in the name of Jesus. Second Timothy 2 and 21 says, If a man therefore pulls himself from this, he shall be a vessel to honor, sanctified and made for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Focusing on moral excellence will cause you to be used by God. May it cause you to be fruitful. If we are able, if we are not morally excellent people, it should come, it should not come as a surprise if God is not using us. If God is not using us, you know, to do his great works at this time. Many people are saying, yeah, there are no miracles in the church. There are no miracles in the church. How many people are virtuous? Mm. How many of us are virtuous? Because God cannot use people who are not virtuous. You cannot go all out. You cannot go out well. Yesterday we were watching the video of uh, late Archbishop Bessie Dawson mm. when he was talking about, if I be a man of God, and he kept giving examples of how he demonstrated courage. If you cannot be a man of courage as a believer, you are not adding virtue to your Christian life. And if you don't do that, you cannot be a well-rounded believer. If you don't want to be taught here and there by the devil and be used as his tool, I want you to rise up on your feet this morning and begin to ask the Lord, say, Holy Spirit, I depend on you. Cause me to abound in virtue. Help me to abound in virtue. Song, how the song that decided to follow Jesus came about. 
I remember something today that one of my pastors said many years ago. He quoted somebody, and I will quote him for quoting somebody today. Pastor Prince, everybody, he said, Excuses are the tools of the incompetent. Monuments of nothingness. Those who use them are not wise. Are you know what I'm saying? And one of the great um, arsenals that Christians have today is what we call excuses. They give excuses why they cannot stand in the faith. They give excuses why they cannot fast. They give excuses why they cannot pray. Oh, Pastor, was it the one hour prayer? Was it the three hours prayer? They give excuses why they cannot read the word of God. Pastor, is in the sea, I'm too busy. They give excuses why they cannot just stand in the faith. Thousands of more excuses. And somebody once said, explanations for success are called principles. And explanations for failure are called excuses. You choose the one you want. <laughs> you choose the one you want. You choose the one you want. We need manliness again. We need it in the church. Today, gradually, our church is not only that God's again. Many people, many, they are tired of the lockdown. Even the government started becoming tired of the lockdown. <laughs> what are we looking at, Samson? Churches are only that God's again. Those who stood their ground there, are the ones they use. They are looking for a design that is filled with theories and 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 and, 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 and speeches. But because I not come to the excellency of men's wisdom, I came to the world, the Holy Ghost and the world and with power. That's what we are looking for. Romeo and Brown, all through the lockdown period, holding the star every day. People were getting healed, blind eyes opening. Paralysis disappearing during lockdown. People were getting healed. No COVID had the effort to enter that meeting now. No COVID. They are not born the COVID. They had the effort to enter that, that and, and long term child drop location. People were getting healed. And the church was growing. They were building momentum. It was not a popular name. Yeah, he was there. But people like us knew him because of that. You stand as a man in spiritual things, God be announced you by Himself. Are you not saying? Praise God. But when we singing a song, I was still going to be praying that prayer that Pastor led us in prayer. The song we pray again strength, strength, strength. Listen to what someone this morning said. There's between strongness and there's between strength and being strong. He says, if you win it, if you lose a battle, it's not because your enemy was was big, it's because you lack strength. But it says, if your strength fails in the days of that, your strength are little. Manliness, manliness in spirituality. To be able to stand for Christ. In these times where people are giving reasons why they have to fall. In these times where people are giving reasons why they have to bow. In these times where people are giving reasons why they have to bear. In these times where people will explain compromise from scriptures. Class, such words are hard to come by. 
and we thank God for blessing us with such words. God bless Pastor for such words. The examples that we're giving were serious examples. And um, that's what we need in these times. In this age where compromise is the order of the day. In this age where bending and bowing is the operations. We need such words. Praise God forevermore. In these days where liberality is what seems to be selling fast. Mm. And conservatism is what seems to be wrong. We live in a time where evil is good and good is evil. And the trucks were heading that unknown to them. I began to study and I discovered that there were two types of Jews. You had the liberal and the <coughs> Judaism. You had the liberal, then you had the liberal and you had the, the conservative. Amen. And uh, the liberals, they don't mind. They can get to where they are in another country that is not there. They can come into the temple of a, a, um, um, an idol and they remove their shoe and they enter in and they do what they want to do and they go out and they still go back and pray to Yahweh. Amen. For the um, conservatives, we never do that. Praise God forever. We need times where, we need where times where God is sealing his church, he's shaking his church, and it is those who will stand for the gospel, that will stand for Jesus, that will stand at the end of the day. Yes. The gospel we preach today came on the bedrock of sacrifices. Yeah. It came up upon the bedrock of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus, and then the sacrifice of all the apostles. Only John was not killed. Amen. Only John, the beloved, that died a natural death. The others were killed, sawn in two, um, spared with, um, pierced with spears, um, crucified upside down on an X cross, and, and the list goes on, dragged on with a horse to death. And this was, this was the foundation on which this gospel was built and was brought to us. But today we look at the gospel today and we wonder if that is how it came to us. Because there's so much, so much compromise in the gospel. Amen to Jesus. Amen. But I know that God is raising a breed of Christians who will stand. Amen. No matter the matter. Amen. They will stand. Amen. They will stand. Amen. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the sweetest name. We believe you have been blessed watching and listening to this teaching. We invite you to watch and listen to more Pluru teachings by Pastor Chumdi Ohahuna. You can subscribe and watch our YouTube channel for more videos of these series and other series. Or listen via Grace Life Podcast on Anchor FM. We would like to hear from you via email. If you made the prayer of salvation and would like to share your testimonies from this ministration, grace to you. Mm -hmm.